guys, welcome back to the Drop Panda Podcast. My name is Adam. We're a group of guys from Melbourne talk about nerdy stuff. Um, today, it's a bit of a different episode. It's uh, We've got Mr. Frierson, Nick. Hi, guys. Hey, how's Again. it going, Nick? Um, yeah, pretty good. It's been a while since I was last on. For reasons <laughs> that we won't get into. Yeah, a few technical issues, but yeah. we've resolved them now. Uh, but it's good to have you back, Nick. Um, today Thanks. it's a one-on-one with Nick mm-hmm. and yep. what we want to talk about today, um, it's a bit different, uh, a bit more intimate. We're going to find out how we got started into pop culture. Where did it begin? Um, where has it led you now? And where do you think it will lead you into the future? And I'll, uh, I'll let Nick start. Yeah. Well, when I think of pop culture, I was always, it's always been kind of an interesting question for me because if the earliest kind of pop culture that I can think of is uh, like World War II propaganda, oh, wow. I, can't really ima- I can't really think of anything that goes back earlier than that that is like kind of novel and creative that also sends like a, a message um, other than like, propaganda posters that you see like um keep calm and carry on that kind of thing i don't know what but um how far back you see pop culture starting but i mean for me so that's is, that, the is that something that you that influenced you early on uh well not really as influenced per se but more just what i can would consider as like the earliest version um, personally, if I, um, like what influenced me, um, cause my parents were kind of old. I grew up in an older household. I grew up with, um, early Dr. Who I used to watch it on TV. You know, Tom, like the Tom Baker doctor, which is what with the scarf. That's like, doctor. he was the fourth doctor, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He had the scarf. And he was the one before uh, Eccleston, I think. Okay. And um, yeah, him and some of the early Star Wars, uh, or the original trilogy, obviously. The Mark. I remember Hamill. watching that. With, yeah. Yep. Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, all that, the original stuff. I watched all that before. Um, I really knew about any of the sequels and the like the prequel trilogy and um yeah that's what i grew up with like harry potter so much reading the novels obviously before mm. the, the movies and that's um you know i really am thankful for being shown the the magical world of harry potter in yeah. novel form before the movies um which you know most kids now probably watch the movies or are familiar with like the video games before the books. Um, you know, and I, that's kind of how I grew up with, um, the Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, those mystical worlds. What about yourself though? Where did so, you first encounter pop culture? If, if I go back, um, for me, it was definitely morning cartoons. That's how True. I started. Like for me, it's just television because I grew up 
um, in the States where I think we had Cartoon Network back then. So I remember vividly going to my grandpa's place and there'll be like Pokemon, um, Thomas the Tank Engine. Right. Um, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, Rugrats. Cool. Uh, anime. And then it was like, for me, it was just television, like disposable, yeah. consumable stuff. Um, Get over with. Fill up some yeah. of that Saturday morning time. Exactly. And then it wasn't until like, you know, going into school and kids talking about it where there was a bit of a connection there. It wasn't right. like, I didn't, I didn't know that like other people watch this stuff. So it um, wasn't until you like entered school that it affected your life. Like, yeah. Socially. Kinda. Yeah. Uh, like, like, you yeah. know, kids, I can't like, if you, if, if you were to go back to maybe your memories of 20 years ago, it's mm. so, I wouldn't say it's so clear, but it's so like hazy. Have, of the, of the few memories that I have, I would say watching Saturday morning cartoons yeah. and, you know, watching some like Star Wars, some of the, uh, some of those, like the attack on Hoth, like for the first time, yeah. like blew my mind. And like, even before I really knew what the story was, those, those kind of memories have stuck with me. So it's, um, it's interesting how those kinds of, those first interactions with specific sci-fi fantasy, whatever. But did you, did you relate talking about those shows and watching them with your mates? Did you interpret that as popular culture? Was that your definition uh, back then? I don't know if we had a name for it back then it was just, it was just what was popular at the time it was kind of like the fad because exactly. i remember it was, it was popular it was like a, it was gossip i guess mm. i remember runescape was quite big but unfortunately i didn't have internet so i kind of felt left out all my mates were playing it after school and i was like the only one who like talked to them afterwards like the next day when did you uh, think I never really... um when did you think all this stuff to you became pop culture? Um, ooh, good like, question. If, if know, we go back to what you said before. 14. If we go back to what you really said before, the, like, the, the propaganda posters of Keep Calm and stuff, mm. like we interpret that as popular culture now. But at the time, it wasn't. It exactly. Would been, it would have been just propaganda. Yeah. But over time, that that kind of stuff changes, and and well, it became something else. It became propaganda. It was just a poster, a recruitment poster back then. Yeah, yeah. It's in, it's interesting to see how how much things change with time and with like global perception and and historical events. And if things had gone differently, you know, we would probably be talking about something entirely different because as time goes we're redefining stuff into different Mm. genres and you would i think you would understand this but video games 10 years ago did not have the same perception 
uh, 10, 15, 15 years ago, didn't have the same perception it has now where we have esports and global tournaments and huge yeah. cash prizes and stuff. Like back then it was still the single player games. I, I only remember games, playing single player video games. Single player yeah. games, like niche in your basement, LAN tournaments. LAN parties were the LAN only parties. times I would ever play um, online or with, with other people. And that, that kind of, that's a, that's a very different way of video of, of gaming LAN parties because it's purely, purely your friends around you physically. And so you could communicate much faster and it's more of a, like a camaraderie almost with, with your mates when you're in like a closed server, just yeah. messing around, having fun. Like when and, was the last time you had a LAN party? Oh, it would have been probably around seven years ago. So long ago. I can, I can trace mine back to, uh, it would be like early uni. I had a couple of mates come over and we were playing Warcraft three. Nice. We just connected all our laptops up to a router and we just played it like that in my kitchen. Yeah. Um, but then different world. Yeah. Different world. Like if we use the term lamb party now, that would be so ancient in the next another five years another 10 years and dinosaur talk exactly like what's what's the term that we use now okay boomer have you you heard that okay Um, land party yeah where (laughs) we would like people would be you know we have esports now where we've got teams from across the country playing together We've got yeah. massive tournaments. We've got that fortress. Uh, have you ever been to Fortress, that land uh, cafe in the city? Oh, it's this no. massive tournament space where you could just—it's—it's it's designed to be a land party place, and supported cool. by the government and other like really? massive companies. And it's—it looks so cool, but because of like the whole Corona thing, it had to shut down. Like it didn't close. Yeah. It just couldn't operate properly. Um, yeah, but since March, it's- honestly, I'm su- that's one of the the few companies I'm surpri- like business models that I'm, I'm surprised is still open. It's the internet cafe. I'm surprised yeah. they haven't gone out of business. Who I- is in there apart from people who can't afford a computer? I mean, I guess yeah. there are people like backpackers who can't bring their gaming computers to want to play a bit of world of warcraft or whatever but yeah like yeah. it was weird because i remember going into a weird convenience store and they had a computer that you could just use for an hour think of 7-eleven yeah. with a computer you see a lot of that in um southeast asian countries in yeah. india you see like internet cafes like yeah, convenience stores definitely have like internet available for an hour, two hours or so. But, so uh, that's the thing as well, because popular culture for us could be different for other people as well, especially yeah, in like developing it, countries. It would definitely be localized. See, I grew up with a uh, roller coaster and like Elliot, the, the host. I'm not sure if you were in Australia at that time. But it was like, uh, I think 
after school, around probably around four o'clock, three or four o'clock in the afternoon, play roller coaster like all of the the big uh, cartoons at the time, like Cat Dog and. So for me, now, it yeah. was Cheese TV. Nice, yeah. Um, I think that was just a bit a, a bit ahead of me. That became, I remember watching it. That became Toaster TV. Yep. Um, and then after school, it was ABC Kids. Yeah. And then there would be like the Disney Channel on like the weekends yeah disney channel i remember saturday mornings at like 7 a.m something like up. that yeah before like the nickelodeon well there was, there was some nickelodeon shows as well uh, but mainly like disney tomo and pumba mickey mouse house yeah that kind of stuff i re- i remember trying to get in because i had a segment where you could build things like arts and crafts shit yeah you could send it into them and then they'd read it out like letters and like posters and I don't know, cartoons and drawings and whatever. You know what's and funny? Like we kind of evolved that, that concept evolved into like the YouTube cycle we have now. Yeah. Yeah. It, has, it hasn't gone away. It's just moved into something else. Like the, uh, uh, fan interacting interactive engagement. Yeah. It's like like, and subscribe for like user engagement instead now like which it is now which instead it was you know phone in or send in your you know art or packages or whatever yeah drawing of whatever you want like family drawing and stuff that's always been around hasn't it yeah no it just occurred to me like that didn't leave yeah so i don't know yeah where will that go in the future once the like and subscribe or comment system is tiring out well that's like youtube has been a big thing in the past 10 10 years i would say definitely 10 years yeah you know that's something that we definitely grew up with um and that's something that is also shared with our parents generation as well so Mm. it's no it's no longer like a niche thing where we would be on the internet and watch cat videos and stuff not anymore. No. One of the hard, one of the best laughing fits I remember I've, I've ever had was watching a stupid like 10 minute cat completion video during one of my LAN parties. And that was some of the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. It's probably because I was, didn't know of anything else at the time. No. But, like, but what would that be in, I don't know, 10 years time? Because... We've got video streaming platforms now. Yeah. Um, I would like to say that maybe VR is more of a thing that gets, yeah. that evolves in 10 years. Yeah. My perception of VR is that it'll, it'll take a while to, for the run-up to get to where it, it will get because of the hardware. is so expensive yeah. because it's, you need a physical item where it's so much easier to just turn on your phone and start scrolling hit type your screen a couple of times and get the content you want so you would have grown like, up you would have grown up watching futurama yeah uh yeah yeah i definitely watched i mean i wasn't allowed to i had to watch it sneakily because my parents was that also the same with like crass humor 
yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch Simpsons. I, I thought I always thought that was like an Asian thing where it's just a bad influence, but it's good to know that it's shared upon everyone else that the Simpsons and drama yeah. were definitely South Park was like off limits. But I understand South Park. Simpsons, I think my parents were a bit tired on that personally. Because I knew all my friends were watching it. I think and they turned out all right. I think The Simpsons was something that was more well known. South Park was too much of a niche for our parents to catch on to. Yeah, South Park was always on SBS for some reason. I don't know why. Yes. They couldn't they couldn't get a <laughs> licensing to put it on any like channel ten or oh, channel man. seven or whatever. Could you imagine like the stuff that would go on to maybe channel ten if SBS uh, didn't take it? Yeah. Because compare, uh, compare South Park and The Simpsons, right? They're like two different shows, even like yeah, hum- two, two different animals. The, 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 the comedy and the humor is just worlds apart. Yeah. No, South Park just hits the nail on the head. Although, although The Simpsons does the same thing. It's, it's um, observational comedy, a lot of it, especially the early seasons. Yeah. Like when, uh, who was it? Conan was still writing for it? Yeah, he did a couple of. I think he did a couple of seasons actually. Um, um yeah, just, like season one to ten, Simpsons was just. I've gone back and rewatched it in my later years, and it's just some it of the stuff up. that they talk about. It definitely about. holds up. It definitely holds up. It's fallen off the bandwagon a little bit, but. Oh, uh, if you watch a couple of episodes here, it's and hard that. to hard to maintain that kind of that kind of co- like quality content for so long. Like Simpsons is a great example of something that's evolved with pop culture over the years mm. even, even like not just its animation style but also how it's evolved and taken reference from popular culture and made episodes out of it just as parodies yeah um yeah so there's there's that because i know that they've done parodies of like inception um boyhood and then yeah you've got the annual Treehouse of Horror episodes where they just mock around with different stuff altogether, which is great. Yep. But we're up to like season, someone remind me, season 15 now? Oh, South Park or of, Simpsons. Of Simpsons. I think we're up to like season 31. 31 seasons. We've had 31 seasons of The Simpsons as of... Wow. 17th of May 2020. Wow. That is insane. Yeah. And, you know, you can tell, I feel like most people can tell that they've hit a bit of a dry streak every now and then. Like the quality has dipped, but yeah. Yeah. Like I said, so, it, it's difficult to maintain that, that quality of comedy and humor every episode. But to last 31 seasons is historic it's a milestone yeah no one in the right sure. mind is ever going to outdo the simpsons well they did that because they laid the groundwork of excellent comedy and and um kind of unparalleled animation styles at the time and then we've had other so, shows that tried to replicate that as the years have gone you got family guy um mm. cleveland show i can't oh, really I forgot the Cleveland show. That kind of dropped off quietly, though, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> American Dad. 
Yeah. I wouldn't would would you say Rick and Morty is kind of influenced by The Simpsons in a way? Yeah, I'd say in a way it's definitely influenced by many animation styles, but it's gone and done its own thing entirely. So it's like taken a bit of influence from what came before it, but then it's gone and done something totally different for the good as well. I mean, the creative the creative team behind that is just out of this world. And then we've I got think that's what it is as well. And then we've got like video games where we've seen the progression of that in the last ten years as well. And mm. we're about to hit another generation of of new video game consoles at the end of twenty twenty with the PS five. Yeah. Um, but with with actually saying that, like. I grew up with single player games. Like they were the thing when I started playing video games. Like that's all I knew. Yeah. But still today there are like some of the biggest titles of video, like single player games. Like Last of Us 2 was just released at, at the time of recording, maybe yep. about a month ago. And that's huge. Um, uh, God of War, which came out maybe a year ago, I think, probably two years ago. It's one of the math, like biggest titles like of all time. What else? What other single player games come out? Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, yeah. Um, Jack and Daxter. Edge comes to mind. Gears of War. Halo. Dark Souls. Halo had Halo was mixed. Halo is between both worlds where there was mm. a nice a solid campaign. campaign. Yeah, there was, there was a solid yeah. campaign, and then there was a solid multiplayer aspect to it as well. Uh, Tomb Raider is a great example of something that's just evolved over the years. Oh, yeah. Um, and they kept up with that as well. Like they, um, what's the, what's the, the male version of Tomb Raider? Uncharted? Uh, Uncharted with Nathan yeah. Drake. Yeah. Um, that was pretty good. I think, yeah, a new, a new Uncharted game just came out or is about to be released. And then I can't think of any other big names that have just continued to live on. Devil May Cry, if you ever played that, that goes back to these two days. Yeah. Um, and then you've got like multiplayer games that have just kept going, like Street Fighter, Tekken, Soul Calibur. Mm. But yeah, I don't think single player games will ever go out of style. Like no. in the future, if we're looking to where pop culture will lead us uh, in like coming years, um, for sure, single player games will still be around. Because they... with, um, with the incorporation of VR, that's my hot take, that's my prediction. So with VR, um, what, I, what I imagine like the future of pop culture being is if you go back to an episode where uh they make a parody of the iphone do you remember that episode where the simpsons oh futurama ah no i don't think i haven't seen much of futurama they parody the iphone and the idea is it's just this tiny device that goes into your eyeball and it's just augmented uh it's augmented reality yeah um, so that's how I reckon 
our future looks like eventually, I guess, where we're all like cyborgs and stuff where we integrate technology into our body. So augmented reality is taking what's real life and then altering it to look slightly different. Yes. Whereas virtual reality is dropping you in a totally different world. Is that correct? Yep. Like visually. Everywhere. So like people yeah. can't, people can't see this because this is a purely audio podcast, but we're in kind of a virtual space right now. Yeah. Nick's in um, Miami and I'm in San Francisco. True. Um, yeah. But like, I, I can't, obviously, cause it's, it's a weird topic to put out because it, our, there, there are times where we can cross paths and say, this is what we watched over the years. And this is, this is where um, we think leads on, but where do you think uh, you'll stop? Mm. See, I think it's so integrated into our lives that I probably won't stop. Like, um, you know, I'm always looking for like, you know, digital engagement. I always play video games like at least once a week. Yep. Um, and I don't see that stopping for, you know, just because I get a job or like or I start like a, you know, a heavy career where I'm working like 90 hours a week. I still have time for you know, like downtime. So, yeah, I don't think like until like something like technology becomes so complicated to where the point where I just can't keep up with it. Um, I think I'll still always be able to fall back to like the old classic games that I grew up with, like at worst, just for like, um, just for the nostalgia, I'll always be able to, you know, check so out with what that, I do. You think like, cause we've got, we've got the concept of, it's not really a concept, the branding of retro tech, right? Where we go back and say, Oh, this was cool at its time. It was part of pop culture. And it still works now and people collect stuff based on that. So Game Boys, vinyl, mm. um, I can't think of anything else on top of my head. Um, Consoles, novels, books, novels. Saturday morning cartoons. So, yeah, but with, with Saturday morning cartoons, there's always an evolution of that. So you would have like yeah. the next generation of um, SpongeBob. Or right. Arthur the Bear. Um, but with like the Game Boy, you can't you can't really look at a Nintendo Switch and say that it evolved from the Game Boy. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. Right. Like it's it's come a long way. It's come a very see, long way. You can't see like resemblance like with like button layout and like how it controls and like hand placement but that'll be out the window i think with like vr everyone will have some sort of like vr gloves and they'll just control like remote controls with like their headset we kind of had that back in like the 90s with the power glove if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, but the technology wasn't there. No, but the it just needs now. to make a comeback, right? <laughs> it will. It will, for sure. 
it definitely will like um vr technology there's so much money invested in it it's owned what was it oculus rift is owned by facebook yep and you know they're just like quietly working away at making like triple a titles with it and like advancing that technology so they can steal all the data do you think that when you know when we're up we're up to the point of our lives where like our kids will see what we define as retro do you think that they'll engage with it or just call it an antique um well i've always had a fascination with old school stuff like um I've kind of got a small collection of like old uh, analog cameras that right. like 35 millimeter film cameras. And I like to think that, I don't know, my kids one day will look back at some of my old games and like to play them and see how old and rudimentary they are. I mean, I wonder if the difficulty will scale still or with like the games that future kids will play like will be just just challenging enough that will uh, make older games seem so easy, or yeah. if, like the difficulty will will stay the same. It'll be interesting, but yeah, I'd like to I'd like to think that there'll be some fans of you know the retro style games. So it would be retro. It'll go from the like there will be a cycle of retro, antique. And then back to being mm. retro again, and it's like third lifespan. Yeah, it would come in phases. I bet, like, uh, like anything, like, like, like vinyl, because I think vinyl is a great example. I didn't yeah. know of vinyl until it was brought back up into our generation. Yeah, but you don't see that with CDs, do you? No. Like, was it? What was it about vinyl that made it so, so much better than like CDs? Or maybe CDs. The time for CDs hasn't come yet. Maybe they're still mainstream. You have to wait for it to go, to drop below mainstream and then come back again. Yeah. By like an underground culture. That will definitely be like not us doing it though we will you will need the next generation to really oh yeah appreciate the value of this and then it will um come back to light in another way like cassettes like uh vcr like, tapes. like cassettes exactly like cassettes and vcr tapes they just died no one seems to really care about them now yeah. well maybe we have it wrong maybe it's not so much specifically older things but more visceral things see records and vcr tapes that tapes are all quite analog and manual you know so you have to like man like manhandle them to get them working you have to rewind the cassettes and the tapes with the, with the pencil and the yeah you have to engage with them in a way to get what you want out of them and like not so much with records but the sound is written in like physically written into the grooves you don't get that with CDs. So maybe it's not so much that it's like generational. Maybe it's the fact that people are, I don't know, longing for the physical engagement with their entertainment rather than just 
switch a button and let the computer do the work. Because it's so, it's so accessible now with different platforms. We've got places like Netflix, Hulu, yeah. Amazon. Uh, for games, we've got Steam, Epic Store. It's yeah. all in one big catalog now. And even with like anime, um, it's there's a huge demand for things like w- with anime because I don't I, I don't imagine that you were brought up with watching anime growing up. No, it wasn't really in my wheelhouse. Besides, like what you saw in like Cartoon Network with Pokemon and Digimon and Dragon Ball. Yeah, I even kind of miss Pokemon and and Dragon Ball Z and all that. That kind of, yeah, that wasn't really my jam. It was just too much. By the time I kind of got into it, I was way behind the story and I didn't know where to begin. So I, yeah, kind of missed it. Probably went to have breakfast when that came on. So with with that, I think the need for that kind of content kind of, it it grew as we went because we only saw stuff, we only saw stuff in English with English dubs, English voices. But yeah. you've got to remember, like, this stuff came from Japan, which probably came out, like, three to four years ago, prior to us getting it. And it was yeah. all in Japanese. And then the time then- it took for them to bring it to the West, find voices, and then redistribute it. Um, that time, takes time. It takes time, but that time, like, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, everything's so fast-paced. Um, but that's also production time has been cut in half because of you know internet speeds and transfer speeds everything can be done almost like if you want someone to to dub uh, like an entire season of some like unknown anime yeah I'm sure something you could find it somewhere online like you don't have to wait so for like for that let's just say like the English version cut at a specific time in like an arc and you wouldn't see an episode for like another month or so but then uh your your friend or whatever comes to you and say oh i've got a version that's in japanese you want to watch that like yeah that's great it was really like underground and niche mm. uh, but now it's we've got platforms such as like crunchyroll and anime lab yeah uh, that are properly are doing it proper instead of making it a huge underground uh, kind of scene. Yeah. Well, I wonder if, I wonder if that works, that kind of goes the other way. You know, I wonder if um, like Western media kind of goes out to China and Japan and these other Asian cultures, but takes time to get there and, you know, those people are really picking like, up. What's what's a let Let's use the Avengers as kids an next door. Sorry. Oh, we can. Yeah. We, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think I ever watched Kids Next Door. Did I? It was pretty cool. Uh, it was definitely one of my favorite cartoons growing up. Everyone's had like little gadgets, and that was like a little spy organization. Ah, codename Kids Next Door. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of watched some Handy. of it. It wasn't something that I grew up with. Um. I can't. Did you did you watch um, Avatar: The Last Airbender? 
yes, but I didn't watch it on TV. I only watched it. Um, I watched it in high school on my computer. I only got into it, and I think I smashed out in like year eleven. <laughs> so if you were to imagine like something like that going to like China or India back、mm. then, it would have been a huge production on its own. Oh yeah. Well, they would have had, they would have had hundreds of、um, artists and, like, you know,、uh, people working on each frame, like, hand making it. It's not even that though. Like, do you remember?、Um, do you remember like early Jackie Chan movies where he's dubbed? Yeah. I remember、um, uh, one of the Bruce Lee films was、uh, was it Bruce Lee? I can't remember. Maybe it was、uh, Jackie Chan. One of those like、uh, corny, like action Asian action Asian action movies. movies. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching a couple of those, and you know they're good for you know a little bit of a、uh, little bit of a distraction, but. I was never really engaged in the、um, story growing up. You know, they're always interesting to to watch as like, you know, yeah, as a little ode to to the genre, because um, you know, Bruce Lee is one of the, you know, one of the widely known as one of the you know better fighters of our of um our time and. It's uh, you know, they're always always good to to have it on the backgrounds and and to go back and watch. I wasn't like. What about you? Were you ever into? It wasn't、movies? something that I grew up watching a lot of. I only know of Bruce Lee because of how he became a pop culture icon. Um, I don't think I watched any of his movies、yeah. in its entirety. Like for me, it's Jackie Chan. And watching his movies, and what Russia、yeah. was. I think、Rush、my、hour. introduction into him.、Uh, he well, he did another one. It's like a Wild Wild West. Um, um, with Owen Wilson. I can't remember. Shaolin. Yeah, that's a weird one. No, that's that's a different movie altogether. Shanghai Nights. Shanghai Nights and Shanghai Noon. <laughs> Shanghai Night. Yeah. But that's. Yeah. That was like a weird comedy thing that he did for a bit. Yeah, he he dabbled into like the family friendly kind of genre. Which I guess at one stage, like actors do, in some regard. Yeah, but um, yeah, Bruce Lee was.、Uh, I remember they were halfway through filming one of Bruce Lee's last films, and he died unfortunately. And、yep. they got like cardboard cutout of him to like fill in his place in some of the missing scenes or the the retakes, and. It would just look so bad because they probably didn't have the CGI But,、um, back then yeah, to really really, fix it up. No, how do they CGI yeah, was a thing think back then? The facial recognition. Uh, uh they kind of had computer, computer CG for、uh, some we... of the Star Wars. I think a little bit. Yeah, it was probably way well, before Star Wars. Because Star, Star Wars, in its own, was. So the first one was sixty nine, 
wasn't it? Yeah. First Star Wars was 69. I think uh, Bruce Lee died in... A New Hope was 73. A New Hope came out in 73. So, CGI then. was definitely around in its early stages by the time Bruce Lee was doing his last movie. But yeah, I guess yeah. It depends on the location. He's going to be the kind of media you grow up with. Well, he's he's not going to be. Um, he is going to be one of those icons that live on in popular culture as the generation goes. Like, just to name a few, him, um, Muhammad Ali, oh, yeah. uh, Bruce Willis. True. Probably Bruce Willis. I can't think of like there aren't that many. Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Um, Liam Neeson? Sure. Is that really someone that would live? Yeah, he'd be probably like the, the new age, <laughs> the new Morgan, age kind Morgan of Freeman. action hero. Probably with Keanu Reeves. Morgan Freeman. Morgan like, Freeman. Like, he hasn't done it. Yeah. Definitely Keanu Reeves. He, yeah. like, he's, he's making Definitely a comeback. Keanu Reeves, at least. You know, with all his John Wick movies and all his cameos and other stuff. It's a second wave of his mm. career. Yeah. Yeah. Keanu Reeves has had a... I have. Had a, something about his family. And his have you read up on him? Sister and his yes. wife. Yeah. Tough break. He deserves all of the, all of the good things that has, has come to him from his, from his career. So I like, he keeps, keeps making bangers. Although I think the, uh, the final John Wick was a bit... Well, I didn't watch John Wick till the first. Could have mixed it up a little bit. Till this week, I didn't actually watch a single John Wick movie till this week. Really? Yeah, the first one's a banger. I got up to halfway to two for action movies. Yeah, (laughs) I reckon that's a good place to stop. (laughs) I mean, the third one builds in the world like that, like secret kind of. criminal enterprise world where they all have like secret coins and pacts and stuff but doesn't the story itself kind of falls apart a bit and when you do that uh gunfighting like spinning around a guy and shooting him twice in the head and then reloading and then shooting more guys it kind of falls apart a bit but are there uh, any other matrix movie coming out as well i know there's a yeah, I heard he was reprising his role as Neo as well. With that. So that will, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, no, I think. Do you know who's directing it? I read someone that he might be part of that team. But, yeah. Well, he knows it probably better than most. So, Do I'd you... listen to what he has to say. No, what happens if you don't listen to Keanu Reeves? But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's it's interesting because sometimes when things like movies come out, it uh, depending on on the film, people just know that. So that's the thing about movies now. Like stick around. We've got and instant some... classics that we can go back to to say that you know these are our classics. Mm. Um, but you know we're in a time of streaming services now, where there aren't gatekeepers 
True. to really make these movies anymore. Netflix is just giving out money to whoever to make whatever. Um, so we've got a huge. Mm. I like. I don't want to say it's super saturated, oversaturated with content, um, but there's just a right. lot of stuff to say that. Oh, that's a classic. I think you're right in saying that. Though we are super saturated with content, um, that now that the Marvel kind of phase has come to an end, everyone's kind of taking a breath and seeing new content, new TV shows, new dramas, new genres. And it's, it's interesting to see what will, will take the, take the space. Now that, you know, Marvel has taken a hiatus, there's a power vacuum almost. But that's, that's Marvel is still doing their thing with TV and stuff. They're going to be there for a while but they're still working on so much, to my understanding, so much of the traditional model um, where a mm. lot of the stuff that we see on Netflix and Hulu are indies, I think is a good way to put them. To, to put them. And then those, those yeah. will evolve. That's like new franchises. Because I, I watched... I watched the old guard the other day with you- uh, Charlie's Charlie's Theron. Um, Theron, yeah, I heard that. I saw a trailer, saw the trailer for that, and heard it was, it was uh, pretty good. What what's your what are your? I wouldn't on? say it was like super mind blowing stuff. It's like it's a nice movie to watch on like a Friday night. It. It's a movie. It's a. So it was a movie, not a TV show? So yeah. So it is about a bunch of immortal old people looking to like like just travel the world to uh, save it's just it from like people who became immortal who were born who develop their mortality and they use it to kind of stop crime in humanity in different decades and stuff. Cool. Do they no. go into explaining how they develop their immortality? They just are. They just um, are. So, like cool. that. Imagine watching that in a theater. It wouldn't get as much reception mm. as it would on a streaming service. Now, I can't say that because we're in like the wars in a lockdown right now. That that will definitely differ. Um, because that dealt. Yeah. And it might be a long time yeah. before we can. So, like a movie that we were looking forward either. to watching as so. Tenant in IMAX. Yeah. See, I, I'm thinking that might go straight to a streaming service. That'd be probably Netflix instead of um, going to cinemas, at least in Australia, or probably not in America. They'll probably show it in still. But, yeah. If there was one movie I would go to the cinemas to watch, it would probably be Tenet. So definitely worth an IMAX experience. That's that's definitely something Anything that Christopher Nolan does. Continues that will continue on, like theater going, is still something that we still have, even though we have all these different platforms to watch stuff on, and the release date between a movie to a streaming service isn't as great. 
as as long as they used to be. Um, mm. We still got Blu-rays, we still got DVDs. That's still a thing we have for collectors out there. Um, yeah. But if we use Tenant, we still have VCRs. People still, have still VCRs. buy them. Um, do you think that do you think that theater going will disappear? From someone who watches a lot of theater, uh, watches a lot of movies, do you think theater going will disappear as the main consumption of movies? Uh, look, it wouldn't surprise me if um, in the coming months, years, that um, like theater goes drop in numbers, either because of decline in uh just general interest or because of this pesky uh pandemic but yeah i think i think it's uh quite clear that i mean all you have to do is look at the statistics i think um the numbers are just going down if any were to remain it would be imax so like cinemas in general would just shut down and be replaced with specialty imax where you would show um, films made specifically for IMAX as a as an experience, um, but when people can start getting the like like the value of living goes up like it has been steadily, um, the cost of living sorry and you know the quality of life has been going up and everyone can afford like better home cinema experiences fewer people are going to be going to the cinema to watch, like to spend $20 and, you know, probably $40 a person, including food for something that they can just get at home for free and they can go to bed straight away. Like, I think it's a thing of the past, really. I'm not, I still go, I think it was maybe last year. Disagree. I went to like the cinemas maybe 20 times. Um, I'm like I it was it was definitely a year where I went to see a movie in person um a lot and one mm. is because I don't have that ability to pause a movie in a theater and just walk away from it and walk away from it it forces me That's to sit true. down and watch the movie in its entirety even though it's bad or not Exactly. It's an investment um, of time. That's for sure. I don't, I, I see movies as something that will definitely phase out down the line. Kind of like how we lost Blockbuster and Video AD. Um, that will phase yeah. out to the point where it's a niche thing to go to. We will definitely have IMAX because you're paying for that grand experience. And like you said, yeah. And like you said, like there'll yeah, probably IMAX be stick more IMAXs in the future than regular Hoyts or Village Cinemas. Or, mm. I mean, Village Cinemas, like the standard cinema would go probably, and then Village Cinemas, like the the classier ones, will stick around for the like classic reruns of old films. Because there, there, there will yeah. still be a market for like cinema goers, um, 
like um, here in Yarraville, in the western suburbs of Melbourne, they play, um, oh, there's a cinema called the Sun Theatre that plays reruns of, of old classics. Um, there's another cinema called the Astor that also plays classic fil- classic yep. films, and, and I'm sure they'll, they'll stick around for as long as they can. Um, so it's not necessarily entirely dependent on new releases even. But if they can like keep the general public's interest um, in film, and that's that's kind of diminishing because of this pandemic, that people aren't going out seeing those things, and people are losing interest. Do you think that just effect. to wrap things up, once this pandemic once this pandemic's over, twenty twenty one, do you think that we will recognize mm-hmm. the world? I think it'll be but familiar, it'll be, would, sure. Would the process of doing things <laughs> um, change so much um, down the line that yeah. our perception of doing work or consuming yeah. stuff won't be the same? Like, you'll come back for a bit and then they'll look at those numbers yeah. and I mean, say, cool, we've got like 50 million people watching movies in the first six months of getting a cure for COVID-19 but then I'll just drop back down because people have found their comfort zones and they know mm. what's cheap and what's affordable. Um, yeah. People have streamed, like individuals have streamlined their own like media consumption. Yeah. Like to a T because there are a thousand different options. Really the only thing that has, that has like cinemas staying open is like contracts for new releases. And if you remember some, like some films over the last couple yeah. of years have been going straight to streaming services. Like, uh, what was that Natalie Portman acid trip movie that came out a couple of years ago? It's not like Annihilation. I remember I was very keen with my housemates at the time to go and see that with, uh, in cinemas and that went straight to home release on Netflix. But yeah, I mean, this, this will be uh, this will be interesting. I'm gonna be keeping an eye out to see how yeah. uh, cinemas bounce back from this, depending on on how long it'll take. They might like in might pop, popular culture in its entirety. It's would, like their business model would change, as well. Um, because conventions yeah. were a part of the culture. Yeah, for it, sure. It became part of the culture, and now you can't do that in person. Um, well. The thing about pop culture is that I don't think it's not driven by anyone. It's it's yeah. it's a well, it's a cultural thing for starters. So there's no one one mind behind it. It kind of goes at a, with at a time. What's so this will be at the time. Well, both what is less popular and more most popular. Mm. Yeah, sure. Like we're going to see some big changes in the next few years even if we come out of this pandemic yeah. um, or not. So yeah, we, uh, yeah. Be interesting well, to see we've how got, wraps up. That's all we've got now. It's time and we'll see how time, how this plays out. Um, okay. We'll yeah. wrap this up yeah. here. Um, thanks Nick for coming on one-on-one. Too easy. No worries. Um, guys, if, uh, if you want to listen to more of this, we're on most podcasting platforms 
um, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, iTunes, except YouTube. All right, catch you guys next time. Bye. See ya.